It's everything Queensland footy. Good ball football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, later in the week, Northern Exposure. It's been a big week in football. It's been a big week in uh, me and Jack's lives, especially yours, Jacko. So um, to all our... 20 or something listeners. We apologise for the delay, but there was a very good reason behind that. And of course, I welcome my co-host, Jack Fulham. How you doing, mate? Uh, mate, been, a, uh, been an interesting week, Dickie. But I tell you what, it's just been turmoil in the Northern Exposure camp. Uh, there's been a death in my family. You have been hit with the uh, the COVID wand. You've been sick as a dog. No one cares when just... it, no one cares about COVID when it's been hit late. Like it, it was a novelty when you got it first, and then yeah. uh, it eventually, literally this time last year, it got me, and now it's got me again. Like, ah, uh, yeah, you've got that thing. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, imagine I'm not... like getting COVID in like twenty twenty, like early twenty twenty one. You were the talk of the town. Oh shit! Yeah, you were like, was... oh my god, Nick Davis. Did you hear he's got COVID? You were the He's-so kid. Lucky. You were the kid in school that broke their arm and came back with a cast, and everyone signed it and drew dicks on it. You were the cool kid. Yeah, you had everyone running up to you at work going, "What's it like? Yeah. How did you feel? What were the symptoms? How how can I tell if I've got it?" Yeah, I think yeah, I had something was... like it. No, you didn't. No, that's all right. You get to go sit in the special chair at work. That's great. <laughs> oh no, people are drawing dicks on Nick now. That's not good. <laughs> I really look forward to seeing my co-workers on Monday. <laughs> so um, interesting week. It is. Well, it's going to be a huge game tomorrow. We are doing this on a Friday afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon, 4.35 at the Gabba Dickey. I was saying to you earlier, interesting, interesting time Cats. slot. Interesting time slot, but um, that's, it's not actually too bad. It is a sold-out Gabba. And uh, look, the Twilight Saturday fixture, it can be... Yeah, it can be a bit of a nothing game sometimes. But the thing I do like about it is it's a clean air game. There is no other AFL game going on at that time. Usually a lot of local footy clubs are just finished up playing, you know, um, and everybody's sort of finished up for the day and they're settling in to, to watch a nighttime of sport. So I think it's going to be an absolute beauty of a game. The Cats, they just refuse to die this season. Every time they've looked like, you know, being written off um, and not being a chance to finish in the top eight, they just come back with a vengeance. And we know what they did to the Lions last year in that prelim final at the Gabba. We know the quality they possess. So this is going to be a beauty. And it, this has been a tough week for the Lions. Uh, there's no easy way to say it, Dickie. They shat the bed they against did. Melbourne last oh, week. Oh, Jack, they did. I was, uh, me and um, some of the Red Lions boys, we were walking across the, uh, the Green Bridge back to Dutton Park after our triumphant victory. And uh, I was like, oh, boys, I'm, uh, I'd last checked and we the Lions are up by four goals. I'm like, oh, they've got this. Uh, the hoodoo's Bang. done. Shut I've, the gap. I've jinxed everything. They go, yeah, look at this. There we go. Look, we've got a great roll on. And uh, the, and to their credit, other than maybe the opening 10 minutes, they played some really good football. They played yeah. great footy. And then just in that span of walking across that long bloody bridge, I made everyone sit down for the last couple of minutes. We gathered around KO on my phone. Ah, it just... If you want to be a team that's going to go deep in September, mm. and we've learned this over the last couple of years, you have to continuously play attacking football. Now, yep. the Lions, absolutely, to your point, shut the bed. They just switched. They went, you know what? We, we, we need to save this game. You can't yeah. save a game seven minutes out. Melbourne started to challenge, and that was the moment where the Lions needed to punch back. And instead, they all oh, just put up put up the guard and, oh, that's all right. We've let one through. It's okay. Just defensive. They were, Mel, yep. Melbourne are a very – I know we'd underrated them, and I, even I'd done that last week. They are a good team on – 
on the ground that helped them get themselves all the way to a premiership. They were always going to come at them. And it felt... It felt like a fait accompli. It was it, it, it was mm. hapless. It was it just kept coming, and the lines were like there was nothing they could do about it. to the point where you know Harris Andrews is being blocked out and a spoil there by two defenders. Like yeah. it, it was it's weak, it's weak defending. Now look, that that's an onslaught that probably couldn't be stopped, and I'm I'm happy to say that the MCG hoodoo still is isn't a thing. That's a very good performance for all of except a couple of minutes and a good team. So I'm not worried there, and- but. If you want to frank these finals and no deep finals credentials, you're going to have to do better. The thing that I didn't like from the Lions was with about five minutes to go, once Melbourne got that first goal, brought it back to about three goals the difference. Jack Gunston, you know, they sent out the they sent out the message and Jack Gunston went behind the footy as a as a spare man in defence. I I don't like that at all. You basically you disrupt your forward structure to essentially park the bus, and it hasn't worked. And the Lions got to being four goals in front off the back of exactly. just some some, wonder, some wonderful play and by attacking the game, like further to your point. And by doing that, they, they put up the white flag to Melbourne. They did. They said, they that, said come get yeah, us. We're, we're, we're no longer interested in scoring. We just want to hold on. And We've scored enough. And like Melbourne, yeah, they might not be at their premiership best at the moment, but they are still they are still a very good football side. And if you give them half a sniff, they will come after you. And they, and like we saw with the, with the D's in that 2021 grand final against the doggies, once they get a sniff, once there is blood in the water, they are uh, a pretty irrepressible team. And the same thing happened in round two at the Gabba, albeit different set of circumstances, lights had gone out, but the Lions were in no edge, like we're just, wanted to get to the end of the game. They weren't interested in scoring. They were just interested in holding on. And it felt like and it, once you it? start, And once you start doing that against the Ds, they they come after you. Um, and, yeah, they're a very well-coached football side. And, I look, I think in some ways there's a lot of positives to come out of that match. Absolutely. For the Lions. There really is. And the a great thing like that is that if they get in a similar position in a finals match, they will play differently. They will attack right until the very last moment. They've learned this now. They can't, as you, as you've mentioned, they've seen we've seen it too many times from them. So, if, you know, guys, you can't park the bus anymore. You've got to go, and, and that's the thing. It's what fans, what all of us want to see, all that attack from this team. This is attack is what has gotten this team to where it is. So now they come up against Geelong tomorrow afternoon. Ooh. Now. As you said, the Cats have timed their run perfectly. And there's not, as you said, not many not many teams in this competition can put the fear of God into anyone. But this Geelong yeah. side, and I love the way that Chris Scott's carried this operation too, mm. is that all the front half, they are, they're not going to make the finals, they're apprenticeship hangover, they don't want it, the two old, everything is playing out exactly as they'd hoped. Yeah, they've yep. just timed their run into finals. And now, look, maybe they've hurt themselves from losing a few games early, We'll see how they go on the road. Uh, it's going to be you know, probably a dewy deck again as the but, sun sets over the Gabba, but they are such a dangerous side. They are a very dangerous side. And and like looking at the ladder, there is still a chance, like a lot would have to go their way. They need to make up six points on Melbourne, but there is still a chance that they could finish in the top four. And if they get that double chance, Jesus, I like if I'm Collingwood, I'm the best team in the combo year. Geelong are the team that I do not want to be running to into in the first week of finals. No, um, 
because they, you know, there's there's a lot of premiership players there. They'll have their confidence up, and you know, hey, we've just seen teams get on a roll at the right part of the season. We saw the doggies do it in 2016. We saw the tigers do it um, amongst their premiership era. They get hot late, and you know, especially now that we have that uh, the the pre-finals by, it's always the teams that come into finals in with some momentum that end up going on to win the flag, and the cats certainly have that. And also, they've just got that little bit of a, I think maybe because they won the flag last year and this played into the apprenticeship hangover narrative, a lot less to lose. Yeah. A lot less, like, like, there's a lot less expectation on this team now, I think, because mm-hmm. the, the way they played in the first half of the season, people going, you know what, I'm okay that they're, they're, they're not going to go back to back. All of a sudden, they're making this run that makes you go, oh, they could do it. They could really, from what was expected of them to, we've somehow come all the way back around going, do you reckon they could pull this off? And a man that the Lions are going to have to be on the lookout for, and he's copped a uh, well, he's received a lot of media attention over the last week, is Brian Lionel Messi Myers. Muchachos! <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, poor old Jared Whiteley uh, experiencing <laughs> what is commonly referred to as the Streisand effect <laughs> of trying so hard to make something go away, you've inadvertently made it huge <laughs> i think actually but, you've, you've also made this <laughs> just off the back of what you said there the streisand effect has had a streisand effect this week because i had to it google, has. i had to google it after you told me what it was and now i can't now i see it everywhere so um <laughs> a double win there that was one of the great just brain explosions from jared waitley and like, oh, it I, is. I, I i love jared and no i think we I all do. adore jared and i and i go to him Every week as a voice of sensibility. When when mm-hmm. all the media pack is up and about, I just I sit down and I listen to a bit of Jared because I know Jared has a calm head on his shoulders. And and it's one of those things, it's like if there is an issue in football that I'm not sure about, I will go and listen to what Jared has to say. Voice about of reason. And then I will, you know, not always agree with Jared, but I will form my opinion off the back of what he said about the issue. Yes. Yeah. I, um I, in, in, in my football sort of makeup, which is only, you know, X amount of my own, my own views and a combination of, I'd probably say, Barrett, Montagna, a couple others, and then, but Jared holds a very large portion of that. Jared yeah. now holds just a little bit less in my books. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it, 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 it's a couple of weeks old news now, but God, it's funny. But yeah, you're right. Um, Grinal Messi. Um, <laughs> I saw uh, watching him a few years ago. I still remember thinking, "God, this kid's good." And um, yeah, like now that I, I love that we've actually been forced as a footy community to have a look at his numbers, and they are incredible. <laughs> and like, they're he's, actually he's really number, good. He's number one in the AFL for goal assists, and he's on on track to have the highest ever goal assist season in in AFL footy history, and also the highest score involvements in a season in AFL footy history, which is, is quite unbelievable. Um, yeah, obviously those stats haven't, have only been kept since, you know, probably, you know, since champion data exploded on the scene. So I'd say, you know, either late nineties or early two thousands, but it's still a very impressive achievement with all the great forwards that we've seen over the past 20 years that he could go number one. Um, which so, is tremendous, and that you can have a massive impact on the game without actually hitting the scoreboard. So who do who do the Lions put to him? How do you, oh, how, do you negate, one. how do you negate the influence of someone almost so selfless? Mm, 
it is a it is an interesting one, and it's it's that thing. Do you accept that Graham Myers is going to get the football and try and you know shut down whoever he delivers it to, or do you go and try and shut him down? I'm on the fence about that. I feel like he is the best. Of, well, and it's also a hard one because they have Stengel down there, who is a very good um, small small forward. They have Brad Close, who is just really emerging as an AFL footballer as well. So um, it's actually interesting who they send Brandon Stasevich to. Yeah. And I'm not sure at the moment. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they go about it. We'll see how it plays out. So 4.35 tomorrow, um, Cal Archie and, sorry, pardon me, Cal Archie and Josh Dunkley back in the side this week. And uh, Cal Archie, James Madden, and there was another one. They all signed contract extensions for next year. There was another one. Yeah, no, it was honestly the first time I'd seen his name too, but good on him for locking himself in <laughs> at the Lions. But um, yeah, look, I think Josh Dunkley was very missed last week. And uh, again, was, and, yeah. and maybe that's a factor we can look into because we know that the Brisbane Lions aren't the same side without him. The, the 2022 no. model versus the 2023 requires Josh Dunkley to be a part of that midfield there. And defensively, mm. would have been very helpful in that last seven minutes. This is, this is going to be interesting for the makeup. This is such an exciting last few weeks now. I can't remember a season for quite so long that. All the way down to what thirteenth, the finals are it, alive, and it, it is amazing, it, isn't it? That, and we're going to move on to the Gold Coast in a moment. But Gold Coast, who, to be honest, have been very disappointing this season. They've given us glimpses where we go, oh, geez, they could really do something, and then they constantly let us down. And they are only four points out of eighth spot. It, it feels actually they're only they're only four points out of sixth spot. Which uh, is ridiculous. Uh, other than our sort of uh, our natural <laughs> slight Queensland bias and just natural optimism, mm. it feels weird to be talking about the Gold Coast Suns so late in the season. But the fact it that does. they are still alive is incredible. Now, uh, a, a great look. I, I say great when I've seen Kilda, oh, and what I love mm. to see is what Stephen King, one and I, Stephen King, the sugar hit. Just, <laughs> he uh, he said it was just it was just a win. It was just a run-of-the-mill yeah. win. It's just what was expected of his side, which I, and as a caretaker that, coach, I love that as a start. I love it. Yeah. You know what? You guys, well yeah. done. You did your yeah. job. It was okay. It was okay. You know, yeah, you, you could have been going, yeah, great start. Knocked over a, you know, a formerly top six opponent. Uh, got him up on our deck and really just showed him the Gold Coast. So he goes, no, we did our job, <laughs> which, yeah. which is sensational because coming into this weekend's clash against the Giants, who... Right now, are in oh. a real good patch of form. I would go as far as saying the Giants are, you know, probably behind Collingwood and Geelong, the hottest team in football. Adam Kingsley has done a sensational job. He has He's really done a wonderful job, and no, not I wouldn't say quite the sort of Craig McRae levels, but you know, it is a testament to these coaches that have been coming through and sitting back off the system for a little mm. while ready to have their turn. And I know Kingsley fought for a senior coaching job for a very long time. And as his first crack, this is, this is wonderful. This is great. I mean, it really stands on the road of what we're trying to achieve, but I mean, hats off to Adam Kingsley. He's done a great job with this Giants lineup, but this is a tough one for the Suns because they do come into this, I guess, as underdogs, but they come off the back of playing a decent game, which is never great for the Suns. Yeah, it's um, you always got to be wary of the Suns after a win, you know. And 
on the weekend, they were just they were just fine. They came up against the St Kilda side who the wheels are starting to fall off there at St Kilda. They've been ultra impressive so far this year. Ross Lyon has done a tremendous job with um, a list that isn't great. And there's been a lot of debate about that during the week. Um, look, actually, let's go into St Kilda for a moment. My sure, favorite let's part get of football my favorite part of football media this week is uh, Nick Rewalt. Um, on a listener podcast coming out and saying that, you know, basically across the time of, uh, you know, Alan Richardson and Brett Ratton at the Saints, the standards had slipped. And Brett Ratton, who is now the caretaker coach at St Kilda, saying that the only time I actually saw Nick Rewald at the club, yeah, yeah, at uh, at St Kilda, was for free physio. And what would he know about slipping standards? (laughs) He wasn't there. Oh, it's one of the great media backhands. And, 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 the, and, and the fact that he's calling these shots from Texas as well. Yeah, exactly, mate. Like, he's, he's dialed, he's dialed in to, to the he's taking, line. He's taking grandstanding to a new level. And you know what? Brett, Brett Ratton is... He's a battler, Brett Ratton. He's a premiership player, but his journey as a coach probably unfairly sacked by two different teams. He's been a caretaker coach at Hawthorne. He's had personal tragedy as well. Personal tragedy as well. Uh, This man has, he has had some tough times post playing career in football and he's still battling. You know, he's doing a great job there at North. They haven't got much to work with. You know, he was a part-time coach. Two and and a half days a week. And he's, and he stepped up again and he keeps stepping up. And I loved it. I loved him getting up to defend himself again. You know, being a senior coach is tough. Of course it is. Like, and, you know, for a bloke who obviously wasn't there and who's just sitting, you know, in North America grandstanding, mm. it's, um, I- I'm glad that he stood up for himself and one nil Brett Ratton. Well Good done. on you, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, very happy to say it. I think uh, the links there to, I guess, Nick Rewalt's sway with the um, St Kilda head honchos, mm. Um, yeah. I may have had a bit to do with Ratton's you know, tumultuous sacking in the last year, but it's amazing how quickly we just, well, we remember, but we move on from that so quickly as well. So yeah, the, the Saints are falling off a cliff. Whether they make finals or not, maybe it'll, it'll really, it'll come down to the last day and I, I cannot wait till that last AFL fixture is dropped. Uh, just quickly on fixturing wise, as we keep running on tangents um, after the big uh, president's meeting in the McMansion in Werribee, which Almost doesn't. Should <laughs> like I go to Werribee Zoo? Was a real, where, where, a are real the man, where are the mansions in Werribee? It was a real Spectre style get together, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Just, um, <laughs> yeah, in, interesting approach from old Andrew Dillon. Um, I, I think you're going to bring up the wild card. Oh no, no, we've you and I are so ahead ahead of the game. We've already spoken about wild cards. We, yeah. we were done with wild cards weeks ago and we worked out it was a bad mm. idea. And that's and I've, I've come around to your view on that. Now now the talk is of the compromise, compromise yep. fixture okay. for the 666, yep. which poetically does work well for the AFL. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, I would be willing to give it a go for a season and see if it works. Because that's the thing. Like, you, can, you can scrap I, it. You can go back to as it was go, last year. Go back to how it was. Um, I think that you know, obviously there is a problem around fixed drink. And I think those problems are exacerbated by having three real basket case teams in the AFL at the moment in Hawthorne, Which North is an Melbourne, anomaly. and West Coast. It is an anomaly. Usually there's maybe two at most. Uh, for there to be three is um, 
it's interesting. Mm. And that's and that's probably what the debate has risen out of. And for me, it's like, okay, well, why don't we have a look at fix, either fixing it or going, this season is a bit of an anomaly with how bad the bottom three teams are. Um, look, probably going forward, it's not going to be the same. No. No, I, I so, think Hawthorne have a, no, they made some deliberate calls, but they have a plan and you can see yeah. that they are rebuilding properly. West yeah. Coast, yes, there's been some arrogance in their list decision-making, but they have also had a, cr- a cruel run of injuries and sickness that hasn't really ever been seen before. And North Melbourne are, no, they're, they're more of a basket case of their own making. So yeah, yeah. You, you give it two, two clubs at most, but this this is a complete anomaly. Hawks have had but some wins. Also- also, if we don't have three teams down the bottom that are pretty much just complete easy beats, that how many games have they won between them? Maybe, what, six or seven? Six or seven, yeah. Between the three clubs? If we don't have those easy beats on the ladder, do we have a race for the top eight that is as big as it is and is, you know, as exciting as it is? Oh, exactly. No, you, you, you need... You, I, I think the two are directly related. It's yeah. Yes, yes. There, there is a section. There's a little undesirable section, but it's opened everything else right up. And you now, the the reason we have this, the fixture is based off, I guess, this principle of trying to get some some form of equality. And if you look at yeah. if you look at those teams down there in the past ten years, you've got a team that won has won three premierships. You've got mm-hmm. a team that has won, already won a premiership, and you've got one who made two preliminary finals. So, and that's in a ten year cycle. Now, yeah. have you? I know the system's not perfect, but you know, if you look at something completely different, let's look at you know, English football or something like that, where private ownership models, where you've got teams that are either you know, they're relegated for being down the bottom, or they're never getting anywhere close to even the middle of the table. At least yeah. we've got a bit of movement. Yeah, um, and we have every team in the AFL has played finals in, apart from the Gold Coast, of course. Um, you know, has played finals in the last ten years as well. Yeah. So they, they, um, they talk about a compromised fixture, but. I think you give it back to... It's not a bad thing to have... I know it sounds silly, but it's not a bad thing to have teams that are terrible because, you know what? As an Essendon fan, I don't... It's nice to see us beat up on a team after years of just <laughs> mediocrity and pure just shit game plans. At least, at least we can beat up on some waffle mob twice a year because we've done so poorly that the AFL has given us a little bit of an easier run. I don't mind that. If that gets us close to a place of hope to see us knocked out the finals again in the first week, that's okay because I believe for a second, Jack, and that's all right. So, look, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. It's more convoluted, this 666 system, and I can understand how it works. Yeah. I do like the idea of incentivizing teams, whether it be the team coming first or a higher draft pick um, towards the end of the season. So, so you're playing for something rather than just running down the clock till the end of the year and just being yeah, either so- being fodder for other teams <laughs> or just being, let's just be that nuisance team that stuffs up someone else's run to finals. That's... It's, I don't know how many players in the AFL are actually motivated by vengeance, but I, I, I do love yeah. it. Like, in the end of year, a coach will always roll that out. Let's make someone else's run to the finals really hard. Going, oh, I just kind of want to go on holiday. Now, there is a concept in New Zealand club rugby, and it's uh, it's like a challenge title. It's like a, a basically a championship belt. Yep. So say, for instance, at the start of this year, Geelong have the championship belt. As, as premier or minor premier? Yeah, as the premier. As premier. They, just okay. have the, they have the championship belt. 
Geelong go and lose in the first round to Collingwood. Now Collingwood have the belt. Collingwood keep defending the belt until Melbourne come and knock them off. And now, you know, Melbourne have to defend the belt. And then, so you can actually end up and, and maybe you put like, you know, five or 500,000 or a million dollars prize money on it. You could have the end of the year with North Melbourne getting a shot at the championship belt in the last round. And, okay, and, and what, five, like five? Or the challenge 000, belt. $500,000 playing money, uh, prize money, something like that. Because we do- On the line. Yeah. And, that, and, that's for the, and that's for the playing group. Yeah. Because I think we have to incentivize the players. I, I, I like that. I think, and it, or, I like, one, I like the an, idea or, that it has nothing to do extra, with- Or it's an extra top 10 pick. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Like, that's not bad. I was, yeah, I was going to say, financial compensation, absolutely. The players need to be yep. paid more to- get more out of them, which is completely understandable, but you're right. Maybe something that benefits the club or yeah. And so that your proposal would run, I guess it just run parallel to the season it has no effect on the standings whatsoever. And look, it's a great, a great sponsorship opportunity as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Imagine get, <laughs> you get your name on that belt. That's sensational. I love that. I love that. And it, it also, you know, like it, it's that kind of thing is that, a team who's having a tough season, a team like the Gold Coast Suns, it's like, okay, they won something out of the season. Um, also, again, you're throwing back to like, you know, English football or something like that, you know, ah, uh, well, yeah. look, we're no chance at Premier League this year, but you know what? We might actually we win the, the Carabao Cup. Yeah, we might win the Carabao Cup. Um, yeah, so I, look, I think that uh, it's a bit of a wacky idea, but yeah, you know, it, it could be a little bit of fun. Um, I wouldn't mind us trying trying a few it, things and being being known to innovate rather than yeah uh, we're so we're so bloody safe with our decision and i understand it's a, it's a big business but you know the nba was able to bring in wild cards and it worked any afl yep. could try something maybe it's aflx again no okay maybe not aflx how about a draft lottery or draft lottery uh, something like that anyway a team that could be playing for that belt is the gold coast suns who yeah take on the giants down hmm. a monica oval i love the giants uh reliving Highlights of their very first win um, in competition history, which was over the Suns down at Marnica. I remember, still remember Kevin Sheedy holding up signs of how to sing the song. But um, oh. it, it is amazing to think that the Gold Coast Suns are not out of finals contention. As it, uh, I'll ask you this: after the sacking of Stuart Gibbon, and despite mm. the win last week over St Kilda, yeah, does anyone actually think that the Gold Coast Suns are still in contention right now? Nah, I'm bitter. I'm twisted. I'm riding them off. I just, I think that, yeah, what you said before, it was a sugar hit. And you get that with an interim coach. Unfortunately, this group of players, if they couldn't play for Stewie Jew, who apparently they loved, and, you know, they wanted to keep around, and here's the major reason why a lot of blokes re-signed. If they can't play for him, they're not going to play consistent football for Stephen King, who, you know, bless him, you know, great, great career, you know, coach on the rise, has been in a few different places as an assistant coach, very good football person. But if they're not going to play for Stuart Jew, they're not going to play for Stephen King. Um, and, you know, uh, but on the other, you know, at the other end of the bargain, the pressure's all off the Gold Coast. That was going to be they've my next question. Made, they've made the decision. They've moved on Stuart Jew. All those players that have been under scrutiny have just, you know, like they're not worried about playing for their coach every week because they've fucked him off. Well, the major narrative's <laughs> gone. That's a thing. So yeah, if no one thinks they're going to play finals, if people have ruled them out, which you know, granted yeah. is the most likely scenario here, don't have to talk about Stuart Jew. Do, hmm. they, do they kind of just have a mulligan now? 
Yeah, they do. I, I, like, sure, obviously, they as the playing group is still going to be going, hey, we can still make finals. We're still going to be pushing for that, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think... Right, we're going to get to the end, end of round 24. People are going, oh, you know, the Gold Coast Suns, you know, what really let them down was their end of year. I don't think anyone's going to be talking about that because no, no one really... Now the major story is gone. No one, no one really cares. Mm. So maybe you and I have a bit of heavy lifting to do over the next few weeks to just try and keep their profile <laughs> up and about because, like... Their biggest and, story is now completely irrelevant. And and that's the thing is like, it is amazing that we're talking about a, the Gold Coast Suns, a team that has sacked their coach, that have been so disappointing this year, and they are four points in percentage away from sixth spot on the ladder. Granted, a, loss, a loss to the Giants this week will pretty <laughs> much kill everything off. It'll pretty much cook them. But... but... But if you do have a look on the run home, I do think they have they have both. So they have the Q Clash next week, which you know hopefully they win this week just to spice a little bit into the Q Clash. Then they have the Crows at the Adelaide Oval. Then they have the Swans at the SCG, who are not travelling too well. Then they got the Blues on the Gold Coast, and then they finish off their year in round twenty four with a trip down to Tassie to take on the Kangaroos. I counted. Hmm. Optimistically, I counted five wins. Realistically, I counted three. Yeah. Look, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won only one or two of those. Um, which would actually fit the narrative, which <laughs> which yeah. is expected of them. I mean, it's, it's almost like that thing is that they don't deserve to play finals. Um, no, they don't. But they, again, we have this chat every year, but they could Bradbury it. Yeah. I could Bradbury this whole damn thing because there are so many little eight-point games going to go on over the next few weeks that it's entirely possible. But look, I tell you what, let's for the sake Ma- of the imagine s- the Gold Coast Suns catching fire, Bradburying their way into the eight, and then going on a Western Bulldog style just <laughs> oh. sigh through September. Well, it, look, it th- honestly, would be taking the piss of one of the most extreme levels. I wouldn't even be happy for it. I would, oh, what do you mean? Oh, would. God, no, you're getting on that bandwagon. Jack, we, 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 Jack we we're on that bandwagon. We would go absolutely ballistic, but it just, it honestly seems that like everyone has given up on them now. Yeah. It's, that's what they'll probably go and do. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think the first thing they need to be doing is trying to, the first PB we're going to give them is 11 wins. If they can just get hmm. 11 wins. They're on eight right now. They can get to 11 wins. They've had their best season ever. Huge. Which yeah. is very delayed from where they should be, but at least they yep. surpassed that 10 that they've hit twice. Then maybe it's a winning record. Then it's finals. But if they win at Monica Oval this weekend, remember the Giants are playing uh, even closer to the eight and they will be, <laughs> they can't lose yeah. this for their own sake. But Jesus, Jack, if they win. The Q Clash next week is going to be, yeah. there's going to be some real scopes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll let you get out of here before your phone battery dies. Your phone's decided it's the weekend, which is completely understandable. And uh, we'll be back to our normal recording schedule come Tuesday. Don't forget to hit us up on all our socials at Northern Exposure Pod. We take very good care of curating them all the time, don't we, Jack? We do. We do. We do. All Just all of them. All of them. That uh, question was loaded. Yeah, it was. It was actually loaded it myself. I think you just got a bit of splashback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, be well, be well, my friend, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Go, sons. Thank Go you, on. listeners.